Hello, and thanks for listening to JoJo's hey. Bizarre Podcast. I am Mark, and I am joined, as always, by Jackie. Hello. Hello, Jackie. And by Miles. Hello, Miles. Hey, it's Miles. Yeah, What's you up? already you already jumped the gun. That's great. Uh, and we are a podcast that talks about the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure TV anime series that started in 2012. We've also covered all the other JoJo animations and the live-action TV shows and movie. And you can find all of our back catalog on anchor.fm slash jjbpod. Is that true? You can find all of it? You can find all of it. Mm. We covered the anime in a weird order. We started with uh, part four, Diamond is Unbreakable, and then we went backwards. I will not explain it. <laughs> uh, as we are between uh, JoJo adaptations, we're waiting for Stone Ocean to come out. So excited. Yes. I'm, can't wait. I'm very, I can't wait till we get back in the saddle and are like, right, this is what's awesome about JoJo. Like mm-hmm. figuring out the musical references and seeing where the different uh, characters we already know, where they went and all these, you know, where's it going to take place next? And I know all of these answers, of course. I read the comic. You two are... I mean, in this context, by comparison, uh, fools. Why? Ignoramuses. You have no idea. Um, but uh, before, but I can learn. It's that's true, and I you're going to be a very fast learner. I'm capable. Yeah. The first episode, <laughs> you're going to everything I just said. You're going to probably <laughs> have all the answers too. Um, but yeah. So while we wait, we can't just sit around doing episodes where we're like, "What if it's like this? What if it's like this?" That would be a boring podcast, right? We're not that good. We've been mm. covering other anime that are suggested by our listeners, uh, sponsored by our Patreon supporters, or things that we were like, hey, what was that fucking show? And we go back and we watch a show that we wanted to watch. Mm. But this week, we are obeying our Patreon supporters and masters. And so we watched Terror in Resonance, also known in some countries as Terror in Tokyo, or Zankyo no Terror, which is a 2014 anime. Um... But before we dive into that, we should first take a stop in our uh, Telegram Tower. Terror. Terror? Yeah, terror. Terror talk. Terror talk. Let's pause for a moment and do some terror talk where we talk with our listeners about, well, whatever they emailed us about. It doesn't really have to be terror. We used to call this Correspondence Corner, and then for some reason... We decided to make it a theme of every episode, and uh, I'd never write them down beforehand. So if you're a first-time listener, that's what's happening. Uh, This, our one and only email, is from our best friend, Chad. And the subject line is Summer of Spinks. (laughs) I'd never heard, I don't know why that was funny to me. I'd never heard of Terror in Resonance before last week. I was curious why someone was paying you all to watch an anime about terrorists, but after watching the first three episodes, I think I can see why. I'll have to remember to add this to my list to revisit later and finish up. If you were to look at the last three weeks' worth of shows, Code, Geass, Death Note, and TIR, I feel like there's a definite throughline or theme, something like shows that involve mind games. Yes, that's true. Maybe you all can come up with something better if you recognize it too. I can't. Anyway, here were the JoJo voice connections I found in Terror in Resonance. Uh, Upbeat Smiling Sociopath 12 shares his voice with Upbeat Part 5 Diavolo Body Roommate Dopio Vinegar. Mm. Bonus for Miles, he's also the voice of Karasuno Karasuno High's volleyball team's middle blocker Tadashi Yamaguchi from Haikyuu. Yes, the pinch server for the team. 
Meanwhile, Eyes of Ice 9 shares his voice with salty Part 5 enemy stand user Sale, stand named Craftwork, and also the Haikyuu king of the court, Tobio Kageyama, one of my fave characters. Uh, the setter, very important role on a volleyball team. So Bullying victim turned accomplice Lisa shares her voice with accidental murder turned blood disposal specialist Naoko Osato from Thus Spoke Rohan Kishibe, Mutsukabe Hill. As always, I hope everyone is staying safe and doing well. Mahalo, Chad. P.S. Terror in Resonance could definitely be described as an anime with a summertime setting based on the assumption that there aren't any more multi-month time jumps after episode three. What are some other anime or other works of fiction that you like that have definite summertime settings? Hmm. Summertime settings. Well, works of fiction. I'm currently watching Cruel Summer oh, on Hulu, which is made by um a lot of. It's know, on Freeform, right? Yeah, it's a it's a one if it's a Freeform show, but it's uh it's a pretty good like for a teen teen drama. It's like a teen drama mystery suspense thriller, and it uh is told like. Each episode is the same day, uh, but three years apart. And so, like, for example, in an episode, it's like June 26th, 1993, 1994, and 1995. And you kind of jump between. Wait, didn't you say three years apart? What did I say? 1993, 1994, 1995. But it's the same day. Well, so it's it's not like each one is three years apart. It's They're one year apart. They're one year apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, th- the, it's three years. Okay, okay. It's three years. And so you see like the same characters, what they were doing, and it jumps back and forth between uh, time and it's like a mystery. So you're trying to figure out kind of what you're like seeing the past, present and future kind of you're trying to figure out like you're trying to learn what happens. And it's good. Okay. Cruel the, is the, Summer. Is the theme song Cruel Summer by uh, Bananarama? So far, I haven't heard it, but well, it should be. That, what a waste. It takes place in the 90s too. So they do a lot of, um, the show does a lot of like, covers of like popular 90s songs uh-huh. like it'll be like a girl doing a acoustic version of is it today by smashing pumpkins what's that one called is it today there's tonight tonight no there's oh today Today's is the greatest today is the that greatest. one is oh, it yeah. called they today have, they have to, today and tonight tonight yeah 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 i think it is called today yeah it's a lot of like acoustic modern artists that you've never heard of doing yeah. older songs. There's two possible explanations for that. One is to like have a uniform theme and like sound to all the music or to have it so that it's like modern uh, instruments and styles that will be more digestible by today's audiences. The more cynical explanation is simply that it's expensive to pay the rights for the actual song they do and get- it's cheap to get people to cover it. They do do some songs like if someone's just in their bedroom listening to music or whatever or they have headphones on like you can hear the real song but if it's like a background music and someone's just being contemplative but they're not actually listening to a song or whatever we're seeing like a montage of people being sad or whatever Mm -hmm. they'll they'll do one of the covers. Okay. So it could be either one. Anyway, Cruel Summer. I think it'd be expensive to pay for you know 20 different smash hits from the 90s. Yeah. Cruel Summer takes place in the summertime, and it's if you were a teenager in the 90s, it might feel, or if you have some kind of nostalgia for teenagers in the 90s, it could be fun. I like it. 
anyway, other summertime anim- like animes or works of fiction. I nominate Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, a great one. Mm. It's just a funny movie. It's a great movie. It's it's a movie that I saw, I want to say five times or something like that in the same week when uh, I was in high school. It was, it was a time, dear listeners, when it wasn't like you could just get every movie at your fingertips. There was no streaming movie service, or at least none that worked or were popular. And uh, a friend had purchased it on like... 48 hour rental or whatever and so we watched it twice and we were like this movie's kind of dumb it's got some funniness in it but it's really just a stupid movie and then we watched it like every day because i think he taped it and then we really liked it so if you watch something and you're like that was bad but something about it makes you want to rewatch it give it another watch you might actually end up liking it you know mm-hmm. like the movie prisoners i hated the third act of that movie but it stuck with me and i gotta rewatch it to be fair, it is a very dumb movie. It is, but, you know, we saw all the humor as we replayed it. I can you quote movie lots I of that movie that because feeling of that. You know what movie I have that feeling about that like, I might like it? What's that? Again, if I watch it again, is Hail Caesar. I saw it in theaters and I thought it was kind of boring, but I, I think about there are some funny scenes in that movie that I want to check out again. That's um, the What's the Name Brothers? The Cohen brothers. The Cohen brothers, right. That was like, uh, okay. Because they did one, the Buster Scruggs was Netflix only, right? I think so. Yeah, but Hail Caesar. Yeah, I think everyone had mediocre responses to that, but people had mediocre reactions to the Lady Killers, and I really enjoyed that movie. So, which is a Cohen brothers joint. It's fun. All right, I'll watch it again. You've convinced me, Mark. Thanks. Have you, have you seen the Lady Killers? No. No. I recommend it. It's fun. So I'll watch Hail Caesar. Sounds good. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, I guess uh, the other through line I would say with these three shows is like just like a shonen, you know, like a boy who's like possibly like, I'm going to redo the world. I'm going to mm. build things in my own, you know, I- ideal. And, you know, Code Geass, he's got like the ability, this crazy ability to convince people to do shit and he's going to destroy Britannia, Death Note, he's going to create a world without criminals, yeah right Terror and Resonance, we don't quite know what the motivation is because we yeah. only watched episodes 1, 2, and 3 but it does seem like it is high school aged boys that are going to uh, ask for something big from uh, perhaps the government of Tokyo or something mm-hmm. so they're they're making big moves with mm-hmm. their terror um, Well we don't know that they'll ask for anything they might just want to destroy japan or well, something. i think they say i think they say at some point like do you like will they know what we're what we're asking for oh okay i thought i heard that okay the, the summertime setting thing i can think of for anime I, it's hard with anime because i feel like a lot of anime have a summer episode or yeah. a beach episode or whatever but oh school's out summer's you know whatever but like they use a lot of them take place like year-round you know, where you yeah. get to see all the changing of the seasons. Right. It's fun for them in the slice of life way to be like, here's a holiday episode. Here's yeah. a Halloween episode. And it also, um, it makes you feel more connected to the characters, I think, when you see them over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I think Higurashi, Higurashi no Nakukoro ni, is, I mean, it means when the cicadas cry. Which one is that? It. Uh, we didn't watch it for the pod. It's mm-hmm. a popular horror anime. It's actually a, series that people just call the when they cry series mm-hmm. he, there's higurashi and there's a alternate version of that there's like a other side of that season and then there's umineko which is when the seagulls cry 
Mm. Um, both of which I associate with summer, but I think specifically cicadas pop out in the summer. Something that's very prescient for those of us who live on the uh, eastern uh, side of the United States. I don't have any here. You're too far down. It seems like it's mostly in the Virginia, uh, Maryland, Maryland, D.C. area that all this. Are they loud? Do you like them? We're not there. That's not us. Oh, I thought they were in like New York and stuff. No, no, not this brood. Yeah, this is brood X, brood ten. Um, but I have definitely been alive when cicadas were out in a boat. Um, when I was like I going to camp, we and like, it was yeah, like kids growing up, right? Yeah, I know that. Th- I think our area was 2013. There was a brood then, and then I guess I feel 17 like there was years. One when we were in like fourth or third grade, 1996, I think, mm. or some that like just by my my quick math. Quick math. Um, I don't really remember cicadas, but they might not have come around where I was because I was in more. You're more ur- urban area. Yeah, there wasn't like a lot of trees or grass and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's awful. There's a, a million of them. They're just you know out there trying to fuck. But when they first come out of their cocoons, they are all uh, fucked up and they'll just flop onto the ground, and uh, that scares the hell out of you as a kid because they're big. They have red eyes. They twitch and they're mm. loud. Um, that doesn't sound good. If you make any kind of rhythmic clicking noise, I saw that Wired video about cicada songs. Uh, the Mark, male Mark, cicadas. Mark loves to tell this fact to people. They might think you're a female cicada. If and you click. May, well, the reason why I tell everyone is because for their own good, I don't want people to get attacked by cicadas. Like Because how, you just happen to be making a clicking noise and now you're being attacked by all the male cicadas right, who well, think you're, who are horny. <laughs> remember how my brother said, he's like, oh yeah, I was mowing the lawn and then I think one just fell on me. Aww. It was like, well, in that video, when I rewatched it, the expert was like, um, like a lawnmower could make them think. And I'm like, oh, mm. so my brother was mowing the lawn and a male cicada was like, what's up? Is that a lady? And just mm. flew into him. <laughs> and they're stupid because mm. they, they can't walk. Apparently, like billions or trillions of them come out. Um, they sound different in, in the Japanese. Uh, the, the anime that we see, it's a different type of They're the cicada. ones that go. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Whereas here in the U.S., prevalent sound in anime yes it's like, like the it's summer all, sound you hear it all the time in like eva yes yes that and like the train bell ding 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 yeah ding, ding. yeah that's true i never i never thought about that is eva a summer anime no i don't think so i think it takes place over a lot of time and underground and nerve hq who knows mm. what season it is and who knows like how the climate has been impacted by these giant explosions yeah, the angels are kind of like cicadas themselves, if you think about it. <laughs> All of Eva is basically a beach episode. Yeah. But the beach is like blood. And Shinji refuses to hit the watermelon with the bat. He tries <laughs> to go back to the car. All right. Uh, we really, I wish they would make an anime out of that alternate Eva series or whatever. I forget what it's called, but it's like there's a what if scenario for Eva where they're all just in school and it's a slice of life show. Yeah, I love that shit. Ray, Asuka, Shinji in classrooms. Uh, I got to see that. Anyway, thanks for writing, Chad. Thanks, Chad. For anybody else who wants to write in and, and tell us their favorite uh, anime of any season, you can write to jojosbizarrepod at gmail.com. Uh, if you have feelings about uh, what we say on this episode, you can also write there. There's not like a separate email address for that kind of thought. It all goes in the same place, really. You know what I showed Quincy? What's that? Moomins. Oh, no. Oh, man. What did Quincy think? I don't think he liked it. <laughs> Where did you lose him? What is it when that horrible, scary monster showed up? 
Uh, no, it was. I don't know what episode. It was an episode where a man comes flying by for some reason. It's such a weird show, man. It is a weird show. I don't know what's up with that country, but it's cool. <laughs> um, I mentioned that we have a Patreon, and you can find it at patreon.com slash jjbpod. Uh, we occasionally upload uh, extra bits of audio cut from the shows or behind-the-scenes photos. Miles puts out weekly a uh, newsletter about cultural references and his song of the week. Uh, and soon I will upload a breakdown of one of the latest, not the latest anymore, but one of the latest chapters of Jojolion uh, with the trademark uh, inquisitive and nitpicky angle that you have perhaps come to know and love uh, from me on this podcast. So yeah, all it takes to get access to that feed is $1 a month very cheap don't be like well i don't want to sub because it would feel insulting to give a dollar no it's good it's helpful and we you literally can't insult us with money you can't insult us very easily at all for three dollars a month we you not only do you get the same stuff but we will thank you out loud on our hands and knees but in front of the microphone like this so thank you so 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 much to lord zendar robin Jumbo. Katie. Bloof. Nocturnal. Leia Maybe. Mr. Jackpots. Caden. Nick. Josh. Austin. Tim. Tyler. Michael. Christian. <laughs> Chad. Yes. That's it. Oh, and Chad. Thank you. Thank you all <laughs> for supporting the show. Your contributions go straight into our pockets. No, thank you all much. Th <laughs> thank you all much for so supporting us. What? That's right. Words go wherever you need them to. We also have a uh, boss us around tier where you can sponsor an episode of the show for fifteen dollars. Just make it like a one-time payment thing. You turn on that level on Patreon and then immediately edit it back if you want after the payment goes through. And that means we'll watch roughly three episodes of an anime you want us to watch that's what we've been doing for the past month or so except we took a few detours is there a jojo's character that makes you do things you know oh yeah heaven's door he writes shit in you and you got to do it we should make it a we should make this tier we should call it heaven's oh, door yeah we should put an effort make a theme that's related to the anime that we're named after there you go yeah should we Photoshop our faces ripped open and people writing in different animes? <laughs> yeah, it's just our face Seems open hard. with, and it says like Hunter x Hunter or something. Yeah, we got to commission someone to do it. I can't do that. <laughs> what are the other tiers then? Tier one is just like Echoes as an egg. You know, is it Echoes level zero and just an mm, egg? Yes. But, Good. But the egg wasn't helpful. It's somewhat helpful. I don't know. Um, <laughs> tier two where we thank you is like... Uh, Maybe it's just the Evangelion end of the show where they're saying congratulations, you know, around the globe to Shinji. But mm. it's not, it's it has not congratulations. Be, it has to be JoJo's. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe it's the thing where Jotaro's thoughts are saying yes, 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 <laughs> but it's thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Something like that. We'll, we'll work on it. I don't know if we got to figure out how to make it so it's either, either it looks good or it's charmingly shitty. We'll get there. Uh, does anybody need a break or should we power through? Let's do it. Let's do it. 
Jackie needs a bump of cocaine. No, Mark, stop joking about cocaine. Listeners, don't do cocaine. Unless you already have it, in which case, finish what you have. No. And then... Ah, this It's the clean plate club. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are bad. The clean mirror club. We, we have like children who listen to this podcast. You think they've never thought of doing cocaine until we bring it up? <laughs> What's this cocaine thing? Look, I've never done cocaine because I would probably die. I would just immediately panic to death. I don't need that in my life. I drink like... But you children, you're going to be fine. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> when I was a kid, the contraband was we'd, we'd have sleepovers and we'd be like, we're going to stay up all night because we wanted to like maximize the amount of like time we had together like to mm-hmm. have fun. And so my brother or his friend to each other's houses, they would smuggle Jolt Cola because oh my God. Jolt Cola was supposed to be twice as caffeinated as like Coke. That was its whole thing. Oh my! God. This was before like the big Guarana craze of like balls and Red Bull wasn't a thing yet and all that. And like our parents would get pissed if they found out we had that that cola. I stayed up and when I slept over, when my friends slept over, we stayed up all night, but we didn't have any, we didn't have any caffeine or anything. Well, we might have had co- we might have had um Coke, Pepsi, but we stayed we stayed up all night, and then my dad would wake up early in the morning to go to work because I think he woke up at like four or five a.m. to go to work. I guess it wasn't, no, it was later than that. He woke up at like five or six and we'd be up and he'd be like, you should go to sleep. <laughs> oh yeah, my parents would get pissed at us. Um, yeah, sometimes we'd have to fake asleep. It's like 4.30 and my dad's <laughs> awake and we're just all like pretending to be conked out. Yeah. Well, he's awake. Good times. Uh, there will be a Patreon tier where you can sleep over at our houses. Aw. Yeah, but it involves you paying us room and board. So and you have to pay for your own ticket here. <laughs> Yeah, we're not sure how the math's going to work out, but probably not in your favor. <laughs> Put it to you that way. The Patreon tier is like all of the co- you you pay all the costs and then an additional fifty bucks for us or something. You pay. You can pay less money if you want to stay at my house, but you have to provide childcare. Oh, oh boy, <laughs> what's it going to be, listener? What's it going to be? <laughs> You can also stay in one of the rest stops on the Jersey Turnpike and we'll stop by and say hello and grab a coffee and leave. Cheese Quake. Is that one of the, that's one of the rest stops? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's further down than me. I'm thinking of that uh, Don whatever the fuck. Or no, that's one of the Garden State Parkway ones. Anyway, no one gives a shit. (laughs) This episode, we are going to be talking about the summer 2014 TV anime show Terror in Resonance, also known as Terror in Tokyo or Zankyo no Terror. Uh, it is a show that was created and directed by Shinichi Watanabe, who you might know from Cowboy Bebop or uh, Carol and Tuesday, Samurai Champloo. This is a Watanabe one? Yes, it is. Kids wow. on the Slope. All sorts. With music directed by, or music. Uh, Produced by Yoko Kano, who what? you would know from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, wow. And Macross Plus, and lots of other good shit. Um, the studio was MAPPA. This uh, came out after Bebop and stuff, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. This was 2014. Bebop's like 1998. Okay. Way, 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 way later. Interestingly, it was done by Studio MAPPA, who did, I think, Doro Hedoro, and a few other shows that we've talked about. I think they did Yuri on Ice. And the 3D sequences were done by a studio called Orange, who we know from Beastars and uh, oh. and uh, uh, 
Lustrous, Land of the Lustrous. We've got an all-star, all-star uh, crew. Yeah, well, uh, back then, at this point, in 2014, Orange was only a studio that would come in and do 3D sequences for shows, and then they got, you know, to do their own shit, and they made B-Stars, which is good. Um, the production value was very, very high. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, and I, I think that if you're going to be working on a Shinichi Watanabe joint, you're not going to, you're not going to slack, you know? You're going to make it look good. And you're also going to have characters that are like disheveled dudes who used to be something and are washed up and smoke cigarettes. And <laughs> music is going to be an important part of the show. Uh, in, during summer of 2014, other new animes that came out were Tokyo Ghoul, which we haven't covered, but we have talked about the OP, which is Unravel. Uh, Akame Ga Kill, which I don't know, but I think is popular. Uh, and this show was part of the animation block called... I don't know how to say it, but it's animation backwards, no itamana or something. I don't know. Which is the sort of adult swim-ish late night after midnight block of anime on Fuji TV. Um, eventually, they uh, signed a deal with Funimation to bring the shows to Western audiences like Your Lie in April, Promise Neverland, and this show. Um, but it's still like, it's still a shonen show. You know, it's about kids in high school. Uh, regular everyday kids doing regular everyday things. Interestingly, a big part of the music for this show was inspired by the music of Iceland, specifically Sigurros, Sigurros, the mm. big Icelandic band, and they recorded some of the music in Iceland, oh. which does not seem necessary. But what do I know? <laughs> That's true. Um, what are your and, and go ahead? Why why did they do that? Because it doesn't. It's a very Japanese show. Maybe the music just sounds good uh, hitting off the mountains over there. Mm. No, I don't know. There might be a studio and studio engineers that are like, yeah, we worked with Sierra Rose, and so we know what's up. Um, I'll point out to you now that Sierra Rose's first album was called Vaughn. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but the terrorists kept spray painting Vaughn on stuff. Oh. In Icelandic, it means hope. Oh, okay. Because they're big Sierra Rose fans. Yeah, they're, uh, and Vaughn is the easiest word. They don't want to try to spray paint Svangle Anglar or whatever the fuck. What does that mean? I don't remember. <laughs> is that a real word? Or you just made that up. It's one of the tracks on Agatis Biryun. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? Agatis Biryun. I don't yeah. listen to them. They're good. Okay, I'm they're sorry. Good. You should listen. Okay. You might like it. Agatis Biryun is like one of the best albums of the last few decades. It just is. Agreed. It's it's one of those albums where it doesn't really have any fat on it. Every track is just good. Does it, do they sing mm -hmm. good? They do. And I think you'd like it because you like high-pitched voices. and I like low-pitched voices too. Mm. I like all kinds of voices. You like that emotion though. And I, I like think, emotion. What about this voice? Do you like that? Give mm. us some more, Miles. Maybe she doesn't know yet. Give us some more. <laughs> she might think about it. Do you like this voice I, at all? I think you need to sing it, Miles. You need to sing in that voice. Happy birthday <laughs> Okay, I don't like it. I don't like it. You know the famous Sierra Rose song, Happy Birthday? <laughs> um, Iceland also is uh, the home place of Bjork and the lesser known band Moom, which I recommend people check out. Moom, M-U-M. -M. Okay. This is all Mark from 2003, the point in his life and many people's life when he loved music the hardest. Mm. Same girl. And had to look it up on the internet. So... That's why I speak Icelandic now. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the show is about these kids who are 
in high school, but they're also terrorists for something we don't know yet, and they seem to have previously come from some orphanage. No, they were experimented on. Yeah. They were, like, uh, abused emotionally and experimented on. Yeah, but I mean, yes, but they're orphans at a facility. I agree with you, but I don't... I suppose. We don't know. We don't know if they have parents. I mean, I was thinking, like, they're, like, the promised Neverland kids, almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they left that kind of environment. Yeah, it sounds like... It looks like they escaped uh, a prison for children. Yeah. And nobody else made it. Yeah. In flashbacks, we see this. What are your guys' general feelings on this show? Uh, It's a very good-looking show. That's what I like about it. Mm. It's fine. But, yeah. I think what's lacking is like, especially in this, maybe I say this a lot, but I feel like I, by episode, by the end of episode three, I should know what everyone's motivation is. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I don't really, I don't think I know what it's about yet. And I feel like, I don't know. They got to tell us soon because if I, ke- if we decide to keep watching it, then what if, you know, we're several episodes in and then we find out that it's stupid or something? Honestly, yeah, that, that's my fear too, is that the yeah the reason for their terror might not be that amazing. Um, because, you know, I love Cowboy Bebop. I've heard amazing things about Samurai Champloo. Uh Carol and Tuesday didn't quite really hook me. But it was good. It seemed okay. Yeah. Um. And so I'm a little like, uh, you know, I don't know if it's the kind of thing where I would just watch it and, and assume it's going to be, you know, amazing. I at think some that's point. what they're banking on, though. They're banking on people being like, look, we did all of this now. Just trust us. <laughs> It'll be fine. You know, maybe. I mean, I think it is also the mystery of it to find out like what happened to these, yeah. these kids. But I think the other problem is that I don't like I should like these characters. Yeah. More. Yeah. They, they haven't made us care about these characters, right? I care about Lisa, the girl. Me too. We yeah. don't get enough of her. She's sympathetic. Because she's being bullied. I want to know why she's being bullied. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what, what's what's the deal with her mom? Yep. I agree. Um, so, yeah. Just to give people a breakdown of what happens in these first three episodes. Um, it begins with a heist at a... Uh, nuclear material processing plant which is to say i think when like nuclear power plants are done with their fuel they, they can't just like throw it into a landfill it has to be processed uh and our characters in you know gas masks and stuff uh steal some plutonium from there which is weird because i would think plutonium that's used you don't what can you do with plutonium make a huge bomb can you do anything else I mean, I guess you could power a power plant or something. Maybe that's what they're going to do. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, yeah, so they, they show up there and, and yeah, one guy comes from the outside and like causes a distraction and one guy on the inside spray paints the word Vaughn on the floor and he apparently had already worked there for two weeks just with a fake name and stuff and he steals the nuclear shit. They leave there. And then later we see them and they're basically just either posing as high school kids or they are. And the, We learn their names are, or they go by 9 and 12. Yes. The serious dark-haired kid with glasses is named 9. And the gray-haired shorter kid who seems to always be smiling, which is weird, is mm. named 12. 
Mm. Uh, and we see 12 uh, roll up on a scene of this girl, Lisa, being bullied. And they're trying to get her to, to go swimming in a pool with her clothes on because they're... Yeah, they just want to push her into a pool. They're being they're real mean. pieces of shit. Yeah, the, the girl bullies. It's girls bullying Lisa. I don't know why her name is Lisa. That just, that's not a Japanese name. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think some girls do have it, but I think it's just a mm. stylization of the name Risa, which I guess is a thing. Mm. I might be wrong. Lisa's of the world, write in and tell us what the fuck is up with your name. Do you think it's a Lisa Simpson reference? You think that parents of Japan are making references with their children's names? Do you think it's like just the right age? You know, mm. if this takes place in modern day, like you grew up watching The Simpsons and you're like, I love Lisa Simpson. I guess she's too old. I don't I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, and 12 sees this and he's just like sort of strangely like, oh, I want to go swimming too. And he just jumps in the pool uh, off the wall. Well, he sees, he sees that she's, he recognizes that she's being bullied, but I don't know why he wants to join in. I couldn't tell if he was doing that to help kind of diffuse the situation yeah. or if he was just make like- Make her feel better about it. If he's just like a weirdo who doesn't know how to interact with people and is just like, oh, water. This is right after nine told him like, don't do anything to attract attention. We're high sc- we're in high school now. Just be normal. And we get the introduction to them, uh, to class, to the class. But I don't know what their names were. It doesn't really matter because they gave... It doesn't. They might be fake names anyway. I don't get why they pretend to be in school. That's a good point. Yeah. They're not like getting information from anybody, right? Yeah. Do you think it would have been too on the nose if they were 9 and 11? That would have been very on the nose, considering mm. in episode, is it the first episode or second episode where they detonate bombs in a building? Yeah, the second one, uh, right? Or no, end of first one. Yeah, I, think it's the, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. The second, you see the aftermath, and it did give me 9-11 vibes, and I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. I, wrote, I wrote down 9-11 too soon. So uh, I wrote down. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't upset me, but I, it was like, huh, it's something where they blow up the middle of the building. And it's a government building. It's a government building, and the whole thing collapses because they did something special with the structure, yeah. the beams that hold it in place. Just oh, like and, Bush did. And she jumps yes. off the building before it, before it. Uh, yeah, off the like collapses. second floor though. Still, she jumps off. People were jumping. It's sad. Well, that's what happens when a building's going to fall over. You got to. I know, but nine <laughs> eleven. Yeah, but she didn't jump off the forty fifth story. You know, but it's well, still, it still reminded like me of nine the- eleven. Because of the imagery of like the firefighters and the rubble. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. Very... You guys haven't been around a lot of exploded buildings, have you? No. See, I've been around I only a lot. Know, I only know about the the those two. So when 9-11 happened, I was towers. like, another one of these. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Look, we're, we're from New Jersey. We all have stories about hearing and seeing 9-11 and all the smoke and all the people we know that were supposed to be there that day. And it mm. was really sad. And it sucked. Moment of you know, I have been around a lot of burned down buildings. Why? Because I used to be a local news reporter. Oh, right. A bunch of fires. They were like, Miles, you got to go find the saddest shit happening in this county. Go. (laughs) And that's what you would do. Um, Okay, so we just nailed that sensitive 9-11 talk, right? We just (laughs) really stuck the landing. We got the tone just right and people are going to feel good about that. Yeah. Well, also they're terrorists, so it's a terrorist attack on a building, yes. and it collapses all the way down. Yeah, and the thing is, is about this show, and I like when I realized, like, oh, we're gonna follow the terrorists; they're the protagonists. Mm. I was like, so being that this is a mainstream anime TV show, 
they're not going to kill anybody, right? And so yeah. it is that thing where there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief that you have to do when it's like, right, because they evacuate everyone first. And in real life, you know that, A, they probably wouldn't do that, terrorists. Yeah. And B, even if you tried to evacuate everyone, not everyone would evacuate yeah. and stuff. Someone would die. Yeah. yeah. Somebody... I would be the guy on the toilet looking at my phone as the building collapses. <laughs> That's not a bad way to go. Oh, no. I think if you're still on the toilet, you, you probably didn't even have time to freak out. You would just be... No, there's no dignity in that. They they go through the rubble and they find me with my pants around my ankles. <laughs> they're just going to feel bad for you. You think they're going to laugh and be like, look at this idiot. Yeah, they're going to be like, look at this guy's butt. Look at this guy. He poops. What a loser. <laughs> Why weren't you in That's ready position happen, at all Mark. times for terrorism? No, dude. They probably found lots of people pooping. Most people right, were probably that pooping. That makes feel better. Um... God, we're idiots. Um, That's kind of like when, um, this is random and stupid, but like one time, at, you know, this was a couple years ago, I was at work and I went to the bathroom and then when I come out, nobody was there. The entire floor was evacuated, but I was in the bathroom and I like, so I didn't know what happened, like, but nobody was there. Um, and then I go and I sit at my computer. I, I didn't really like, I didn't, I didn't realize that it was weird, but then I sat down on my computer desk and then I kind of, I was like, it's too quiet. And then I like checked my messages and I saw that there was an all company meeting on the like two oh. floors, two floors down. Oh. So then I went to the all company. It was like an emergency, like big news, scary news. You said evacuated. So You're I all... really thought you did accidentally stay behind when like a bomb threat was called in or something. <laughs> so I'm glad that wasn't the case. I was like, why didn't anybody come into the bathroom and like let us know? But no, it was just it was just a meeting that probably was like you're all fired or whatever. <laughs> yeah, some, <laughs> something, like something that. really cheery, like something that. like that, something fun. Um, so also while the kids are getting, you know, we don't know why they're going to school, but while the kids are going to school and pretending to, uh, you know, trying to keep a low profile, even though one of them definitely isn't. Um, we also see these sort of losers at the police department. They're in like the archives office. Uh, and they're just just sort of talking about nonsense, but then uh, one of the guys is like, check out this video, and he's on YouTube, and there's two uh, guys, maybe kids, in masks, mm -hmm. and they're like, we are spinks, and we're a group telling you that it's going to get dark in Tokyo tomorrow. They say it's spinks. They don't say sphinx. Yeah, they say spinks, mm. and that's, that's where later on that becomes part of their riddle, mm. where they say spinks is the Greek pronunciation mm. or something. Um, and they kind of just don't think about the uh, the video and uh, the disheveled looking guy who I mentioned before. Uh, someone is like, hey, man, you're not a detective anymore. And that's when, you know, as a viewer, you're like, he's going to do some detectiving. Mm -hmm. He's going to do it. You got to call him in. He's the good detective guy. I thought that was very cliche. Like, it just reminded me of like McNulty from the one. <laughs> yeah, it was. But I didn't hate it anyway. I mean, his whole thing is cliche. I mean. He gets he does get eventually get brought in to be a, a detective. And then what's funny is like the thing where he's a good detective is like he solves puzzles. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's not being like, hang on a second, that bank account. Did you guys manage to run this? Like he doesn't do actual like detective work. He's just like, I read Oedipus Rex. <laughs> they just found a nerd. Yeah. He's just like, man, I, I really love this play or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so weird when they were explaining Oedipus. I was just like, what is this, ninth grade again? I didn't know that. I didn't know the details of Oedipus. I, I read Oedipus in college. Oh. Uh, for what was the name of our, that weird like philosophy English 
course that everybody had to take, Intellectual Heritage. Oh yeah, is that what it was called? Yeah, 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 yeah. Intellectual Heritage. Yes. I uh, yeah, I had to. T- I I we had to read it for that class. Hmm. I don't remember it though, but it was cool. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those like tragedy kind of like like there's a prophecy and then you end up making the prophecy happen by trying to avoid the prophecy. Yeah. You know, dumbass. Cause the dad thought that like the dad was told that his kid Oedipus would kill him. So he was like, all right, cool. I'll just leave my kid in the forest. Yeah. So that way the kid is raised as a stranger and then pretty much Garrett like makes it a lot easier for him to want to kill his dad in the future. You know what I mean? Because he would with without knowing that it's his dad. Right. The prophet forgot to be like, so don't let him be a stranger because then he'll kill you. I think it might have. I'm not sure, but maybe they tried to kill the son and somebody like felt bad and was like, oh, we'll just, you know, kind of like, don't they do that with Moses where they kind of just they're like, OK, we're going to instead of killing you, we're going to send you away. Is that what they do to Moses? I don't remember the story of Moses. That I just feels know, familiar. I just like someone the, felt bad for him. They just put him in a basket and, and let him float away. And then he's found by like some princesses. I thought they put him in a basket because they thought he was breadsticks and it was the Olive <laughs> no. Garden. No. Okay. I'll, I'll have to read some books again. Because then they would have treated him like family. <laughs> well, they eventually did. He came back and, and uh, was their most intelligent advisor guy. Anyway, enough of that fiction onto this. Uh, we see more scenes of Lisa being bullied and her mom texting her. It doesn't translate the text, but I, I think one of them mm-hmm. says when a bunch of times, like they're saying, mm-hmm. when are you coming home? So I don't know if she's on the run from her mom or what. Uh, then we see a flash. She still lives with her mom. Her mom just seems mentally ill. Yeah. Yeah. Something's up. And, and her father, we find out, apparently left the family. Like the mom is like obsessive or something and wants the daughter there at all times. She or might be like on that. or under something. Yeah. As well. Um, we see a flashback where nine and 12 uh, are fleeing something exploding. It looks like maybe the facility they were in is blowing up and they look back at one of the kids and then uh, she gets annihilated by the explosion. And uh, then uh, we see nine and 12. They live together and nine is awake. And 12's like, oh, you were you having that nightmare again? And nine's like, yeah, but those kids were weak. And that's why they're all dead. And we're also weak. We were weak. And that's why we couldn't save them. Right. Did you notice where nine sat in the classroom? By the window. You're like, well, you know, that's there's right. a seat, there's a there's a seat available by the window. Why don't you take yes. that? You, Just as every anime protagonist <laughs> must. They need it so they can look out the window contemplatively. And think about contemplatively. Contemplatively. That's where all the action happens. If if light wasn't sitting by the window in Death Note, he would have never seen the notebook drop. It'd be really funny in a show if we saw an anime kid being like, "Wait, but why was she there?" And we we turn to the left, and there's just like a dumb kid picking his nose, you know, instead of the window and the reflection. <laughs> it's just a kid like playing that that desk football paper game where you put the triangle between your thumbs and you throw yes. it. I never played that. There was one anime that that one anime that we saw, and I'm not going to say the name because I'm about to reveal a spoiler. So, <laughs> so you'll just all be left guessing. But basically, like uh, initially, it seems like this character is the protagonist, and yes. they sit by the window and everything. And then we find right. out at the end of, they're not the protagonist, and they're like killed by the end of the first episode. You are not the protagonist. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> and they, they do use, a dance. Sometimes they use the trope to make you think it's 
happening. Yeah. And for listeners who are still in school, if you get sat by the window, you're the star. <laughs> you're the star of, of the class. <laughs> and you should just act accordingly. Um. Anyway, then we see the main two kids, nine and 12. Oh, just thinking of class and those kids. Um, when transfer students, like when, when someone is, do they always announce here? I feel like they don't do that. They always do it in anime, but I don't know if that's true to life in Japan. In the U.S., I don't think they do it unless it's I don't like think they do unless it's like weird, like in the middle of the school year, like we have a new classmate. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you would think. I mean, a lot of these schools too. They like you apply to get into a high school and stuff, so no one knows anybody. So mm. yeah, you think like yeah, you just all sit down. <laughs> it's weird. That they're You're like, here's now. a foreigner. Here's a, yeah. a weirdo. Look at him. Um. <laughs> So then we see the boys are in a government building, a tall ass tower, and uh, they talk about their plan, which is where like once we cut the power, we'll have 26 minutes before the generator kicks on. And uh, Lisa is also there. She's not part of the plan, but uh, you know, she goes into the bathroom to look at more texts from her mom. And then we see that Nine and twelve are like collecting these dolls of this like popular mascot called Kururin, mm. and once the power is cut, they go and they like put the dolls in strategic locations. And then, of course, twelve runs into Lisa, and Lisa's like, "Hey, are you whatever his fake fake ass name is?" Mm-hmm. And he gives her one of the dolls, and is like, "You can let go of that. Uh, Just hold on to it. Uh, I'll let you know when when you should let it go." Yeah, and everyone's like evacuated by this point so it's weird that 12 is there and he can't just be like oh i'm evacuating come with me yeah it seems so he just gives her a doll and runs away and he meets up at a different building with nine and he mentions that the girl is there and he's like we can kill her if we need to um because as you kind of suspect when watching this where they're putting the dolls those are like bombs Mm -hmm. they're thermite uh bombs i guess um and then we see that the plan goes into action. So all the dolls kind of explode or they start burning in strategic locations. Then the fire sprinklers automatically come on and that seems to make things worse. And there is a, uh, I don't know what the word was, phreatic reaction. They said it in the anime. No one explained it. Mm. Uh, and everything real blows up good. Yeah. Uh, and the building comes, starts to come down and then nine calls lisa on the phone did we see how he got her number i don't know because i know the other girls gave him their phone numbers because they thought he was hot but she wasn't one of them so i was like did he Uh. hack their their fucking address books or something Mm. we know that he's good with computers yeah maybe he just has everyone's number maybe he just found it i don't know maybe because so far, I have to say, the thing that I do like about this show is that all of the technology and the hacking stuff that they do all seems very realistic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, like the fact that to steal the nuclear thing, he actually worked there on purpose, got a job temporarily, which is a thing people do. You know, if you want to mm-hmm. case a, a place to steal from, you could do that. Um, you were about to say case a joint. I was going to say case a joint. You got me, Miles. I'm a criminal <laughs> and I talk the way criminals do. <laughs> I knew it. Um fucking uh they talk about him using like a fake bank account and fake name and stuff um and when they go into how these bombs work it sounded very real thermite is a thing i only know about it because of video games where you can throw a thermite grenade where it just sticks to something and keeps burning and burning Ooh, and it's really bad um and so they're like these guys are smart because they knew where to put those 
thermite things and that the fire sprinklers would cause a bigger explosion. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, before it all comes down, uh, nine calls her and is like, Hey, you can either die or you can become an accomplice. And of course she's hearing the building like shudder and stuff. And she's like, okay, I'll be an accomplice. That's not a, that's not a choice. Right. Later he says to her, it's like basically like be an accomplice or die. Which yes. Is- right. And later, when they all meet up, he's like, hey, remember, you're an accomplice, so you can't say anything. And he's like, you made your choice. And it's like, that's some, mm, some choice. She was forced to do it. That's, so yeah. that's not a choice. It's sort of a weird way to put it, but I mean, I guess they figure that's the way to keep her silent, is to be like, you're with us now, but uh, she's remember, kinda, we would have let you die. Yeah, she's kind of stupid. Um, I mean, what else is she going to do? Because, like, Die. I think the accomplice thing... Well, no, like, she she should have gone along with it and then just go to the police. Like, they're not gonna... They're not gonna put her in jail for helping them when it they forced her to do it. You know? Yeah. She should just go to the police. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Because maybe if, if she did say that she put a bomb there, I mean, police will just jump to find somebody because they want to look good and f- tell people they found the culprit. They could just implicate her further than she really was implicated. She doesn't seem like a strong-willed person. There's that too, but I don't know. I understand not wanting to have to be on the run and be like, I'm an accomplice, but going to the cops could also be bad. No, if you have evidence, like, look, they called me, this is another, and then help the cops find them. But you know, because be you, like, know you know who they are. They're the kids that were in your class. You know what they look like, and you know that they're in your class. And but if, the cops also might think that you are one of them trying to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to get a light sentence by turning in your co-conspirators. If you're if you got nothing to hide and you have your alibis, you have alibis, you have like No, don't you know. talk to the cops unless you have to. Okay. Don't. She's scared. Yeah. Who wouldn't be? And she's well, got other things to I'm do. Not, you don't know they're gonna like try to get her to do stuff or whatever. All right, that's when you go to the cops. When they're like, We need to do more. Yeah, and they try to make her do crimes. Yeah. I mean, it seems like she might like to do crimes. You know, her life seems really unsatisfying. Up, they're going to blow up more buildings now. They didn't kill anybody, so I don't feel right. that bad. But like, miraculously, you know, they killed no one. If they were terrorists that were killing people and stuff, then like, yeah, go go to some kind of authority that's going to catch them so they don't kill people anymore. That's true. You know? Also, we don't know that they didn't kill anyone now that I think about it. You know, the show has... No, they, they kind of said, at least with the... um. At least with the building, somehow no, like nobody was hurt <laughs> for that. Um, right, because when the power was cut, everyone was evacuated. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's pretty much the end of episode one. Episode two is, well, episode two I already kind of dipped into by talking about them explaining the technology behind it. And uh, then they talk. They have like that intelligence briefing in episode two, which I liked. I thought that was a good scene. Yeah, that's yeah, that, then that was also where I was saying that felt more realistic the questions that were asked and them being like mm-hmm. we're still trying to figure out the limitation like we're investigating the video further because someone was like how do you know those are really the guys they look like kids um, but they did say in that video with masks on Tokyo is going to be dark at 3pm and that's when they blew up the building um, and uh, the thing that was weird though is in, in episode 2 they do their second terror video and they're like what walks on four legs in the morning two legs in the noon, two legs at noon, and three legs at dusk. And then a uh, reminder that they're called Spinks, 
And then like, I don't know how much time passes in the police no, station. No, I think the actual riddle was what what first walks on four legs, then on two legs, then on three legs. Oh, they don't give the times of day? No, that that was later when they talk about times of day. Oh, okay. I've always heard it as with, with morning, noon, and night. Whenever I've read the riddle. Okay. I have to go to Thebes a lot. And every time I go there, the fucking Sphinx is there. And she's like, you know what time it is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think it's funny that at the police station, like later, I guess we jump around a bit. The cops are like, what are they trying to do with these riddles? And I'm like, no one Googled it yet. No one sat down and looked it up. It takes one of the older seasoned guys to come in and be like, look, they're called Sphinx. This is the riddle of the Sphinx. The answer is man. Man walks on four legs in the morning. Yeah, but that was wrong. That's really the answer. The second answer they give later, I'm like, what is this bullshit? That is is Oedipus. No, that makes sense. But I'm telling you. For the play. But the riddle of Sphinx in real life is four, then two, then three legs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing that is like smart of the the former detective guy, Shibazaki, uh, is that he calls and is basically like, just as a heads up, there is a second possible answer, which is Mm -hmm. a good idea to say like, before you throw all your eggs in one basket, there is yeah. another interpretation. Mm-hmm. But my point is just like that it's surprising that no one's heard the the riddle before. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, he came in and he did and he explained that it's a baby crawls on all fours, a man walks on two legs, an old person uses a cane, which is like a third leg in the mm-hmm. night of the evening of their life or whatever, um, which is kind of cheap. Not everyone uses a cane. I don't mm-hmm. even think that was true back then. Maybe it was, whatever. Uh and they eventually go into the metaphor of the whole Oedipus thing, the myth of Oedipus. Which, Me- and meanwhile, Lisa's like reading a manga on it. Yeah, she somehow is at the <laughs> library and reading a guide about it, but of course it has nice visuals. It's, it's a manga. <laughs> it's cool too because it doesn't look like an Asian manga. It looks like Western religious comics or something. Oh, okay. I thought. And it's the story of, as we talked about it, a prophet tells King Laius your kid's going to try to kill you. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll throw him in the fucking woods. And then he's a stranger to him. And at some point, Oedipus in his, uh, I don't know, in his life, in his adventures, he ends up killing King Laius. And then he... And marrying his wife, who is his mom. Yes. Uh, After he gets to the city of Thebes, Mm -hmm. which was his father's uh, homeland, but I guess he didn't know that it was his father at the time. To get into Thebes, that's where the Sphinx is like, hey, whoa, 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 what, what about all these legs? And that's the riddle. And then, by the way, in the story, when Oedipus gets the riddle right, uh, she jumps off the cliff, uh, which is weird because I don't think she does that for anybody else who got into the city. But for some reason... No, everybody gets it wrong and she eats them. Well, someone's got to get into the city. No. Oh. Uh, Then he goes in there and he fucks this lady who turns out to be his mom. It's uh, very good that Joseph did not do that to Lisa Lisa. Um, It would have been a very short uh, JoJo universe had that Mm -hmm. happened. And then uh, he feels really bad that he fucked his own mom. So he gouges out his eyes and becomes blind and uses a cane. And so the argument with with that interpretation, an alternate interpretation, is that the answer to the riddle is that Oedipus walked on two legs at first when he was just a person, then four legs when he banged out his mom because he became a beast on all fours. Yes. The beast with two backs. Mm-hmm. And then three legs because he blinded himself and walked around with a stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that turns out to be... Uh, and by the way, Oedipus Rex also is like uh, the namesake for the Oedipal Complex where Sigmund Freud, famous psychoanalyst, believes that uh, all male children 
really are envious of their father and and have sexual feelings towards their mother. Um, he was uh, an idiot. Anyway, <laughs> um, whatever. Uh. So it turns out that that was actually the answer the Sphinx, the Sphinx kids, the trickster terrorists were looking for because the numbers being two, four, and three correspond to an address. And uh, they say in the video, especially for the police, I don't know how they missed that one. And two, four, three is the address of a police station. We see this thing mm-hmm. where nine goes in there pretending to be a drink or noodle guy and he sets up a bomb. Uh, and they end up blowing up the bomb in the Tokyo police building. Um, here's the thing. Did they evacuate the police building? No, they probably killed the cops, right? No, I think that, that, well, I think it was meant to be that the SWAT team, like all the cops were elsewhere uh, investigating where they, I don't know. Some know. cops stay in the, some cops definitely stay in the building. But that thing too. And plus they, they were like, look pretty empty at least when they were talking. That's true. But when they were talking about, um, the whole, where they were going to go investigate, that seemed like one police station. And they were like, that'd be the the police building in Roppongi. It doesn't sound like they go like, oh my God, that's here, you know? Like, unless mm-hmm. all the police units all over the city, all over the area are running out to find these people. But yeah. I, I don't think they blew up the whole building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just blew up some bombs in a police station or something. Um, yeah. Then there's this riddle that I did not really understand, but they uh, they give another riddle about the fucking the shrine, the building next to the shrine that worships the god who drags his feet or something. What's the building next to the house of God? Yeah, and then something about feet or something about Oedipus. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Or of the person that solved the riddle is what it is. Next to the god who solved the riddle. Yeah, and it turns out to just be there's a shrine that happens to worship some dragon god who dragged his feet a lot. And, and it has to do with Oedipus too. There's a, it's a, But the point is that Shibazaki call, solves the riddle. Right. Yeah. Our disheveled, washed up guy. And we find out that his his backstory, why he's like been like, God damn it, you're we can't just fire you, but you're no longer a detective. You go work in the fucking archives. It's what exactly was it? Some some guy killed himself. Some government official threw himself off a building years ago, 15 years ago. But he believed there was a conspiracy that killed him and refused to let it go as a suicide. I have several questions. One of them is, what the fuck is a diet secretary? The diet is the parliamentary body in Japan. Thank you. Why is it called that? I don't know. I I assumed I always assumed it meant something in Japanese other than not eating food. I know. I was like, is that like a like it's not as powerful of a government mm-hmm. organization? Like it's kind of stripped government down. Government light. <laughs> um yeah, you Low know. Cal. Government zero calorie. So it, but then there's also something they say that like he was punished because the guy who died, his family is like tied to the police or something. I don't know what that was, that weird connection thing. Anybody else? No? I don't know. No. I've got the fan My with eyes you. were glazing over at that point. Yeah, it was a bunch of backstory to just kind of shove in there at that point. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's, uh, he's good at figuring out puzzles and stuff. But uh, yeah, we find out it's not like uh, 
we're not we're not made to think that our like sympathetic like oh yeah this is a this is a character we like he's smart and he solves puzzles it's not like the head of the police is like oh he shot a bunch of kids and that's why we put him in the basement it's like okay okay he was that's not the reason thankfully it was just that he was too stuck on believing this one thing and that offended people or something Mm. um and so yeah the word diet derives from latin and was a common name for an assembly in medieval european polities like the holy roman empire oh wow i don't know how it also got the word for not eating stuff yeah oh because diet is also like a way of living right you're on a diet stupid you have a parliament in your body telling you what you can eat Episode three, we see more of Lisa's home life. It's still very mysterious. Just her mom grabbing her and being like, oh, I didn't think you were going to come home. I thought you were going to leave me like your father. Uh, and Lisa, I, has she's like barely spoken any fucking words in this <laughs> show. Yeah, that's why I, that's what I, I have a problem with this. Cause I'm just, I know you, you guys feel bad for her, but I'm just like, well, what, did, what do you want, Lisa? Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll find out. I mean, I would think that they wouldn't just, you know. I think she wants to not be bullied anymore. And probably wants to get away from her mom. Yeah. You know? Get help for her mom. Seems like a real bummer. Um, the, the main bomb situation of episode three is like, not only does Shibazaki solve the riddle, but he does it in a broadcast to TV to see if the ter- to tell the terrorists directly that they solved it. And at the same time, a SWAT team recovers the bomb that was in this third building and they deactivate it the terrorists uh, 9 and 12 point out that they had hazmat suits in there so they think that means I don't know if this is quite the right conclusion they think that means that they know it's the same kids the same terrorists who took the plutonium out of the nuclear reprocessing plant but what's weird about that is they spray paint in big letters in the nuclear plant Vaughn Mm -hmm. and then on the first building they blow up in episode 1 there's a bomb that says Vaughn on it it's like it has like letters in it yeah, yeah, so maybe that's also why they think it's you, <laughs> like because you told them that mm-hmm. you are the same no, people. Well, I think they the the Vaughn on the big building was pretty well hidden, so I think it tells them that they are smart enough to have figured that out. Oh, okay. So they're like they got the message or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, yeah. So they and it kind of seems like did I guess the ter- the kids expected them the terrorists expected them to find this bomb and deactivate it or something um but uh yeah when Shibazaki's on the broadcast being like so I've solved your riddle and we are deactivating the bomb now then he's also like and if you blow up any more people I will never fucking forgive you and they're like cut the feed cut the feed and so <laughs> they're worried that Shibazaki just uh may have pissed them off more even though the 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 terrorists actually seem the kids kind of seem impressed by him mostly um, and he has a bit of a backstory where he's from Hiroshima, so his grandparents, like, apparently they remember the atomic bomb or something. I guess they were evacuated. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's like um, the Oedipus thing, it's about a guy being orphaned by his dad, and so these kids were in some kind of orphanage slash mm-hmm. scientific experiment place, and then maybe like Oedipus, they are trying to come home in a violent mm. way. So I wonder if that's supposed to be a parallel. No, but they're the Sphinx. So they just are fucking, they're just no, full of riddles. They're not the Sphinx <laughs> though, because they're back in the city. I think they're just taunting everyone by being like, we're Oedipus. But no, but we're gonna they, fuck your mom. They call themselves Sphinx. Sphinx. 
Yeah, but they're not gatekeeping anyone from getting inside something. Maybe they are. Maybe. Maybe they will open, they will blow things up and open the door to a better Japan. I don't know. I just think that the parallel to me that stands out is that they are orphans who were treated terribly and made to not have names but numbers. And Oedipus was tossed into the woods by his dad because he was afraid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also something about, I guess, evacuating Hiroshima maybe, but I don't really know enough about that part of history to see if uh, that has anything to do with the orphan situation. Anyway, yeah, the show is intriguing. I mostly want to know what, I kind of like want to know what's going to happen, but I want to know in a way that to, like, I hope it makes me want to see the show, you know? Yeah. I don't want to watch it just to find out what happens. I kind of just want to look it up, and if it seems really good, then I'll keep watching. Because I was excited by the premise that, just the musical premise, the idea that it's Yoko Kano yeah. being inspired by Sir Rose. I was like, well, that's awesome. But so far throughout the show, none of the music has really been super memorable. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, yeah, it didn't really stand out to me. And the other thing is, like, this feels very much like they're going for like a prestige television kind of feel. Mm. But there aren't like, there aren't like huge, like I I don't have a great reason to be like, what's going to happen in the next episode? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It just hasn't quite hooked us. In terms of music, I do like the ending theme. I like the ending theme too. I I like it better than the, the opening theme. The opening theme, I feel like it builds, but doesn't actually go anywhere. Uh, both are composed by Yoko Kano and sung by uh, front people of bands. Um, so, potential to be really good. Um, but just don't know yet. Um, it's interesting, though. I feel like you could do a whole series just checking out the works of Shinichiro Watanabe because he does such different stuff each time, it seems. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, Miles, you like Kids on the Slope, right? Uh, I really liked the beginning of it but for me it like just petered out mm. it, would you say it was on like a sort of downward incline or yeah did it kind of slope like, off it did kind of slope off. okay got it just making sure well perhaps this show will resonate better with other viewers you know perhaps but uh yeah if you liked this more tell tell me why yeah tell convince me us, why convince us to keep watching yeah, or if you have like a guide where you can just sync up like a Gaitis Biryun with every two episodes, that would be sick. Anyway. Oh, speaking of uh, connections to stuff, I once read like probably a forum post, I don't want to say an essay, <laughs> that was about if you take one of the songs off Sigaros's, uh A Gaitis Biryun, there's a piano heavy song called Vidrar Velti Lofta Rosa. And they were like, if you read the lyrics, you can interpret it as being about 9-11. And hmm. I kind of do. So. From Agaitis Ag- Biryun? Yeah, the lyrics to that one song. Vidrar. Et cetera, et cetera. I thought that was from the year 2000. Yeah. Am I wrong? You might be. That album is from 99. Yeah, but it's not. No, it's not like. We think the people wrote it about 9-11 or that oh, they're Nostradamus. They're just like, the lyrics sync up oddly well. But uh, so, I'm not about so to cut Sigurdos like an AMV. That's Yep. Yeah, if you look closely at the plane, you can see the little neon fetus 
from their album cover. You can see it on the back of the plane. It's incredible that people missed it. Was this episode insensitive? Uh, yeah. I mean, probably every episode that we do is to somebody. But shit, <laughs> you know. Well, apparently the song is named after a sarcastic quote uh, that an Icelandic weatherman said during the war in Kosovo. Mm. So they could not tell the future. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Sorry in general. Um, <laughs> you can check us out on Twitter. We are at JJBpod. You can email us. We are JoJo'sBizarrePod at gmail.com. And uh, follow us on Patreon. Support us on Patreon for a dollar a month. Come on. What have you got to lose? Come on. That's, Come that's, on. that's, our, that's our sales pitch. Come on. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash JJBpod. Thanks again, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.